Thanks for joining Cornerstone for our message of the week. We hope you'll be inspired and encouraged. To connect with our church family and to watch our services live, download our app today by texting Sparks Will Fly as one word, app to 77977. That's Sparks Will Fly app to 77977 or by visiting us online at sparkswillfly.cc. Let me just ask by a show of hands, and there's, there's absolutely no way. All we're going to do is just skim over some things, and then uh, it's going to take us a while probably to teach you. So we're just going to get it started, and then we'll go from there. And um, I maybe um, we really need a whiteboard on an easel, and maybe we'll share some dreams on a Wednesday night, and we will try to work at it as a class, if you will on interpreting the dreams, okay? Let me just see a show of hands. How many people in here have dreams? You're a dreamer. Raise your hand. You have dreams. We got a good bit of people in here. How many knows what your dreams mean? Huh? Raise your hand if you know what your dreams mean. All right. How many want to know what your dreams mean? All right, listen to this. Um, Archie, got your book? This was, uh, we went to uh, a couple of weeks back, uh, it's probably rocking on a month now. We went to a uh, prophetic intensive training. Um, Catherine and I went. We took uh, Stanton and Abby with us, and uh, and we we met this lady um, that was uh, she actually did the uh, the dream interpreting class. Let me just say this: when it comes to dream interpretations, how many's ever heard of John Paul Jackson? Raise your hand. If you can, you can. I think his books on uh, Amazon are like five bucks a piece, but also Dana, uh, I, I mean, um, Dina and David on a bookstore, if you'll see them, they're, they're not here, they're invisible tonight, but when they're here on Sunday, you can get with them, they own a Christian bookstore, they can get some books for you, but if, if you are an Amazon user, uh, you can go on there, I think they're like five bucks, and in the back of this, you will see uh, she has pinned out this is actually her notes that I received in the training, and it is the uh, 20 most, I think it is the 20 most common dreams. This in the back is, uh, yeah, the 20 common dreams by John Paul Jackson. But John Paul Jackson, um, was is uh, he, he died a few years ago, but he was a prophetic guy. He was a fivefold prophet, and he, 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 he just moved in dream interpretation. And then I remember listening to Bob Jones one time, uh, who's also going to be with the Lord, who is also um, uh, a father in the prophetic movement. But he asked John Paul, he said, how do you interpret those dreams? And John Paul said, I, I don't know. I just do it. And he said, well, that's one of the most, that, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. He said, because if you don't know how, you don't, if you don't know how you do what you do, you can never train someone to do what you do. And so that really forced John Paul to really dig in to figure out, you know, how am I interpreting dreams? And so let's just say this. Look at this. Listen to this. Um, if you can dream it, you can do it, said Walt Disney. And another thing that I had pinned down um, here is that, um, let me see where I wrote that. Uh, a dream which is not interpreted is like a letter which is not read. So let's let's look at right here. Let's skip down. I've got on my Notes that I'm teaching from. I'm not going to be able to go over over all of this, but you can um, you can uh, you can 
work at this at home, okay? And so that's why we wanted to take the time to give you all the, all the stuff. So let's look at the three sources of dreams. If you're on I'm, on, I'm on the first page. The three sources of dreams is God, dreams which you cause to be dreamed, Jeremiah 29 and 8, based on your soulish desires, reoccurring nightmares or dreams of terror, fear or, de- uh, of, or deception from the enemy, and God would not author a dream like that because God did not give, give a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and self-control. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Dreams in the Bible. The Bible is clear. God speaks through dreams. Let's look at some examples. I think about this. If you sleep, if you sleep one-third of your life, we're missing out a lot of communication that God is trying to speak to us in the night season while he's sealing up instruction to us. We've got to learn how to interpret these dreams. And others say, why are you teaching on this? The Bible says in Joel 2.28 and also in Acts 2.17 that in the last days God will pour his spirit out on all flesh. He didn't say just Christians. He said on all flesh. And he said your, your, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men would see visions. There's people all over the globe that are having dreams from God. Are you with me? And let me just say this too, just to lay a little groundwork. If you have a dream and you go to Google, a lot of times Google is going to take you to a new age website to try to interpret your dream. You will never interpret your dream that God gives going at it through that angle. Because here's the thing, new age, new age people believe that the dream is inside of you trying to get out. God doesn't do that. God speaks to us. He puts the dream in. With me? New age believes it's inside of you trying to get out. This is the reason why you're dreaming that dream. God puts the dream in you. You with me? It come, he is external. God places it in you. Last night we did a gathering uh, with some leaders, and I taught for a few hours last night. And when I got home, I went to bed last night, and I had a dream. And in my dream, this is what I dreamed. Just to lay a little groundwork here. In the dream, I dreamed I was in an airport. And I was with a guy that that was with me in the dream was a high school friend of mine. And and he did not communicate with me. He was just in, in with me in the dream, and I was waiting on my flight. I knew that I was, like, in Atlanta waiting on the Connect flight that would take me to Valdosta. And in the dream, a lady come to me, and she said, I was sent to pick you up. Do not fly. She said, we need to drive. And I looked at him, and I said, she's sent to pick us up. I just agreed with her. I did not know the person. The person didn't have a face. If you see faceless people in your dream, who do you think that is? Angels sent to help and guide. Come on, somebody. So then... The dream shifts and change. I'm standing outside of a hotel. And as I'm standing outside of the hotel, I see the plane take off on the runway. And the plane began to struggle. The plane began to struggle in the ascend. And then as the plane was, then the plane shot up like it, it, it finally started ascending and it made a hard bank right turn and it was coming back. And I told the guy standing with me, I said, that plane's fixing to crash. It's coming down. And then... I thought the plane was going to crash in the city, and the plane actually crashed in this rural area. And in my dream, I went to my phone, and I told him, I said, that's the flight that we were to be on. And he he doesn't say anything to me. He's just standing there in the dream. 
And so I look down at my phone and I look at my flight number and my flight was, my flight that I was to board was flight 4811. And then I Googled the crash and it said flight 4811 has crashed. In my dream, then I knew that I was, I, I called my family and said, listen, I'm not on the plane. I'm driving. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I was not on the plane. And so then the dream shifts and changed, and I knew I was to call someone who lives in Alabama, a prophetic gift friend of mine that lives in Alabama. And in the dream, I said, well, he's probably already asleep. Well, this was broad daylight with the dream happening, but I said he's probably asleep. And so I look at my phone, and my phone said it was 12-11 in the dream. And then I don't dream no more. So I can wake up and say, my God, man, we had some crazy, I had some crazy coffee before I went to bed, or is God speaking to us? Now let's look at this. In this dream, I'm in an airport. What is airport? If you're in an airport, it will speak of transition. The number of 11 is the number of transition. Four is the number of creativity, and it is also world impact. How many knows when we started talking about dreams that when I went to this dream interpretation class, I had a dream that the alarm was going off, and I looked at the alarm clock, and it was 444. The creativity of God and world impact was on there three times. Three is the number of God. Eight is the number of new beginnings. And this is what I felt like the Lord was telling to me. What I didn't tell you is the friend that was from my high school, his family, he is a second generation that his family owns a logging company where he spends his time is in the woods. And I felt like what God was communicating in me to me in this dream. Listen, what I'm trying to build in the woods is not going to happen rapidly. Come on, y'all. It's not going to happen rapidly. The new beginnings into the creativity and the world of impact and the transition into that will not happen quickly. So therefore, you don't need to fly, but I need you to drive. It's going to take some time and stay out there in the woods. That's what I felt like the Lord was communicating with me in that. All right, so let's look at this. Dreams in the Bible. The Bible is clear that God speaks through dreams. Let's look at some examples. In Genesis 37, verse 5 through 11, Joseph has two dreams. First, his brothers are stalks of wheat, which bow down to him. And the second one is similar, 11 stars, his brothers, and the sun and the moon. His parents bow down to him. Both dreams foretold the events that would happen 20 years later. You remember, Joseph has a dream. Uh, that of, 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 of his brothers and all of this bowing down to him. Now, look at Genesis 41, 1 through 7. I'm trying to get ahead of myself. Pharaoh's dream of plenty, of, of plenty and famine are dreams that began to come to pass immediately after Joseph interpreted them. He interprets the number of cows and ears as grain, and, and, and ears of grain as years saying Egypt would have seven years of plentiful harvest followed by seven years of famine. Jacob's dream in Genesis 28, 11 through 18, where the Lord appears to him at the top of the ladder leading to heaven, and the Lord confirms all the promises that he gave Abraham, Jacob's grandfather. God promises him that his descendants will be as far as the east and the west and that he would be with Jacob to see the promises come to pass. Now, then in Genesis 39, 31, 9 through 13, Jacob served his father-in-law Laban for 14 years during which he was constantly undermined and cheated while Laban 
prospered from the blessing that rested on Jacob. In a dream, the Lord shows Jacob a strategy to get back the livestock that Laban stole from him. And in the dream, God shows Jacob to take the spotted and speckled animals that were considered the weaker, which were less likely to mate and multiply, but use these to prosper and increase his herd. In the New Testament, Matthew 1, 18 through 25, we see Joseph who was, who was betrothed to Mary and the Lord sends Gabriel in a dream with instruction to Mary, uh, uh, to, to, to instruction to marry Mary because she is a pre- she's pregnant with a child that was conceived by the Holy Spirit and would be the Savior of the world. Then in Matthew 2.12, we see where the Magi, the wise men, were given direction, dream not to return to Herod with the news uh, with the news of Jesus' whereabouts. Matthew 2.13, Joseph flees to Egypt with Jesus. 2.19, Joseph goes back to Israel. 2.22, Joseph is to go instead of Jerusalem, and, and, uh, to Jerusalem instead of Galilee. Matthew 27.18-20, Pilate's wife warned her husband. Both Paul and Peter were guided by dreams and visions. Now, Dream interpreters in the Bible, two pro- prolific dream interpreters in the Bible are Joseph and Daniel, who were, who were very instrumental in their dream interpretation. Genesis 40, there are two, there, there are the two of the king's officials, the cupbearer and the baker. They both had dreams, they answered, but there is one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not the interpretations belong to God. Listen, why does God invade our life like this in the dream life? Why is God giving us dreams? It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. When Jesus spoke, one of the key things, and I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here, but listen, one of the key things to interpret in your dreams is to think metaphor, uh, metaphorically. Um, it, it, to, to think like that because that, that is how even when Jesus spoke in parables, the Bible says he hid truths in parables. And so when Jesus spoke, um, the kingdom of heaven is like, he, he, he spoke in parables and he hid truth in those parables. So dreams are literally night parables that are being played out, okay? If you have a dream of a plane crashing, it's not literally that the plane's going to crash, but there is there, there it, it, if you dream that that a plane is crashing, well, I believe that plane crashing last night was instruction for me to pray in this transition. God let this happen in this region. It's struggling to happen in this region. And one of the things that last night when we left, there was a leader in there uh, that that shared this, and he said that I he he came here from Dallas, Texas, and he said I believe that God is going to use some things to raise up some national leaders even from this place, and that God has always loved the Bethlehem's, if you will, the no, the the most leak, least likely of places you would think that there would be something to come from that ground. Those are the very areas. Remember in the dream, I thought this plane was going to crash in the city, but it did not crash in the city. It crashed in a very rural area. I'm telling you God is visiting the rural areas in our nation that are not highlighted on TV they're not highlighted on podcasts that you see everywhere there's hidden places where there's seekers of, uh, I mean God God seekers in these places that are hungry for something fresh and new are you with me so I believe that God will show me you got to play you got to pray into that you got you got to pray into that all right So Joseph said, does not the interpretation belong to God? The scripture is absolute key to interpreting dreams. In the garden, Adam and Eve ate the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. 
versus the tree of life. Look at this. Biblical, um, this is where she's going to go in, and we're talking about this when you Google. When you, when you try to Google, what does this mean, or, or what does that mean? Most of the stuff on Google, when you hit it, is going to take you to some new age site, which the, the primary uh, deal, the reason why you are not going to get the, because if, if the dream came from God, you can't use something like that to get the interpretation because the dream, the interpretation belongs to God. Listen, new agers believe that the dream is on the inside of you and it's trying to burst forth. That's why you're dreaming it. But biblically, God does it. God comes and visits us in the night season and it's externally God put it in us to speak to us. Now, popular methods rely on book of symbols as opposed to understanding God's symbolic language for yourself. I want to get this, uh, it, just to get another point. There's a book by the name of Doug, Ad, uh, by Doug Addison. I've read this book probably seven or eight times, and it's called um, Understanding Your Dreams Now. Doug Addison was also one that traveled with John Paul. So this, this, these notes that you have in your hand, this lady traveled personally with John Paul for about five or six years. And so Doug Addison was also trained by him, and that is a very easy read book, and it is very, very phenomenal. I've read the book seven or eight times. I'm telling you, it's that good. All right, so popular methods rely on a book of symbols as opposed to understanding God's symbolic language. I said that to say this. In the back of that book, which she was supposed to email us, and I ain't got the email yet, of John Paul's symbols, and I hope to get that. But in the back of that book, um, in, in one of those appendixes, in the back of that book, Doug Addison creates this long list of uh, biblical symbols, okay? And so most of these methods rely on dreams coming from the inside of you trying to tell you more about yourself. They, see, they tend to see the dream symbols as representing various aspects of you working the dream from the inside out. In other words, the dream is inside of you working its way out. These methods will not interpret a dream from God. Biblical interpretive methods is God gives God give, God-given dreams are external coming from God. He puts the dream in our spirit, and we are in the dream being interactive with the dream. Well, listen to this. With dream interpretation, you can write this down if you got a pen, because this is not in the notes. This is in my notes. With dream interpretation, less is more. After you interpret the dream, you can get into the details and application of the dream. Doug Addison said this, 50% of interpreting your dreams is simply this. 50% of solving the puzzle is this. Know whom and what the dream is about. Know whom and what the dream is about. Most of the time, 90 plus percent of the time, the dream is about you. Now, people that have strong intercession gifts have a lot of observing dreams. If you're in a dream and you are observing something being played out, obviously the dream is not about you, but God is revealing something to you in the dream. People with strong intercessory gifts will have a lot of observing dreams, which God gives them that as a direction to pray. You with me? So with the dream interpretation, less is more. Other words, let me say this. Don't get bogged down in all the details. Think about it like this as a circle. If you put the circle in the center of that circle, what you want to answer, what is the focus of this dream? What is the focus of this dream? Catherine and I were in a transitional period in our life. Uh, I, was 20, I was 25 years old. 
And I had this dream. And in my dream, I, I was uh, approaching a vehicle in, in my vehicle. And I knew that I was a cop in the dream, but I just knew I was a cop. But I was in an unmarked car. And I was in, I was in an unmarked car like my own vehicle, but I knew that I was a cop. Well, in the dream, I saw this man and woman fussing. Uh, they were, and, and so then he got kind of rough. He got kind of rough with, the, with his wife in the dream. And I approached him. As I approached him, he pulls a gun. And the gun goes off, and it's like a fully automatic gun. The bullets are hitting the pavement. The bullets hit me. The bullets go all over me. I step inside. I step inside of this uh, small gas station. When I stepped inside the small gas station, two of our elders were there. And I told my elders, I said, I've been shot. I said, take me to the hospital. I've been shot. And then they look at me, and they're not responding to nothing I say. I pull out a badge out of my pocket, and I said, man, listen here. I am a cop just like you. Take me to the hospital. And so anyhow, they would not help me get to the hospital. And I remember a fear on my life that if I stepped outside of that door, I was not going to make it. And so I sat there before I made the step as I looked at the elder and I said, I've been shot and I've been wounded. But I, I looked down at my heart and I said, thank God I, I have not been shot in my heart. And then I, when, I, when I finally, I had this great fear of stepping out of the door, when I stepped out of a door, uh, literally a train swooped in immediately, and I was inside the train, and when I stepped inside the train, I was completely healed. Now, what in the world, man? I mean, is that pizza? I mean, what in the world's going on? Let me tell you what was happening in there. God was dealing with us for 12 to 15 months to leave that church we were in. God was speaking to me to go plant a church. When I'm 25 years old, the deal in there is they did not, my leadership did not recognize the call of God on my life. Come on, somebody. God had given me the badge, but they wouldn't recognize what God had placed on my life. The shots was the words of those leaders that come firing at me. You with me? But what God was saying is, son, you've took none of that to heart. I know you're afraid to step out. My God, I feel the Holy Spirit all over me. You're afraid to step out of this place. But I promise you, once you make that step, I've got the next place lined up for you. And it's a move of God. When you see a train in your dream, it represents a move of God coming down the tracks. Come on, somebody. And when you step out the door of this place, I'm about to launch you in a fresh move into your life. That's what God's speaking. So what happened, Catherine? In the dream, we watched it play out. When we went and met with our leadership about that God had called us to go plan a work, they told us that God had not called us to plan a work, that you're a God-called evangelist. Anybody that knows me personally knows that there is not an evangelist hardly in this body. Come on, somebody. That is not my call. But they labeled me as an evangelist for four years. Therefore, in the dream, not recognizing the call that was upon my life. That's what God was speaking. But what happened? When we stepped out of the door of that church, what happened? Sure enough, the train of the Spirit of God took us to where we were supposed to go, and we walked it out. We lived that out. So when you're trying to interpret your dreams, remember 50% of it is trying to figure out to whom and what is the dream speaking about. Don't try to get bogged down in what is the application. Just try to find the meaning. After you discover the meaning of the dream, then you can get in the details 
of what's going on in the dream and find application to where it fits at in your life, okay? All right. So let's go back to the, let's flip over. Jesus taught in parables. Dreams are night parables and metaphors, picture language that opens our eyes to God's hidden language. Why does God speak in a hidden language? If you're like me, I've asked God multiple times in my life, why can't you just speak southern country language to me so I can understand? Come on. How many knows that God is always speaking? People say, well, I don't hear God. That's because you're not listening. Your name can't be Word. He, He is the Word. Come on, somebody. He is the Word. Who became flesh and dwelt among your name can't be word and you not be speaking. God is speaking to us, friend, every day. It's just us listening. So why does God speak in hidden language? Proverbs 25, 2, I've already quoted this. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to search out a matter. Jesus said more than anything else, we must have eyes to see and ears that hear. The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven are hidden in parables, symbolism. Matthew 13, 10 through 12. Jesus was constantly speaking in parables and symbolism to his disciples. Remember in the book of Mark, after they feed the 4,000, they're on the boat. And Jesus looks at them and says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and beware of the leaven of Herod. The disciples look at him and they reason because they only had one loaf of bread. He said that he's upset because we only got one loaf of bread. Jesus looks at them and says, why are you, is your heart still hard? Why are you reasoning you have, you have no bread? Jesus was not communicating to them about a loaf of bread. Come on, somebody. What is bread? It's nourishment. What was he saying to them? Beware of the, of the teaching of the teaching of the Pharisees. Leaven, yeast. What does, what does yeast and leaven do to the bread? It causes it to rise up, puffed up. He said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees' teaching. It will cause you to be puffed up in pride. So when we think like this, when we begin to think metaphorically what he's saying to us through symbols, it it makes dream interpretation a whole lot easier, okay? All right. How many see this in your notes right here? Clarity versus cost. Y'all right? All right. Some of y'all looking like you want to go to Waffle House or something. I don't know. Look at this. (laughs) Clarity versus cost. The greater the clarity, the greater the cost, or the more difficult it may be to get there. That's why God conceals it in a dream. If you get a prophetic word, let me tell you this. I, I just don't, I'm just telling you what I've experienced in my life 20 plus years with it. If, if a prophet calls you out and says thus, I mean, three months, 90 days, this, this, and this, and everything's very accurate, very detailed, laid out, you can better believe that there's fixing to be a storm coming that's going to challenge everything you just heard. So the, clear, the more clear it is you see it, the more clear you're going to have to have it in the days ahead. You with me? Clarity versus cost. The greater the clarity, the greater the cost. The greater the clarity, the greater the cost, or the more difficult it may be to get there. That's why God conceals it in a dream. Dreams are a gift from God. All gifts from God require that we study and better ourselves 
And it was said of Daniel, insomuch as, as, as excellent spirit, knowledge and understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explain, explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel. He will be given the interpretation. Now, understanding how God speaks in dreams requires us to believe that God still speaks to us today and wants to speak to you. Learn to understand God's symbolic language. It's like parables. Study the dreams, visions, and parables in the Bible. Keep it simple. It's so easy a child can do it. A dream which is not interpreted. Remember this. A dream which is not not interpreted is like a letter which is not read. All right. It's moving right along. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Notice the pronoun, your sons and your daughters, your young men, your old men. God is speaking to the world to the non-religious people. If you, if you follow Doug Addison or watch him, you need to go check him out on YouTube. He will go into bars in Venice Beach, California, and walk up to the bar, and he will just start mingling with people, and he would ask them, has anybody had a dream? That, see, that just goes over like that right there in the south. Hello. They're not beating down the walls of the church. Come on, it's time we get trained with something beside a Shondai Kondai. See me tie my tie. Shoot a mosquito. Shoot a mosquito. It's time the church, come on, y'all. I'm talking about the church being trained and equipped, walking in the maturity of God, knowing how to, how, how to talk spiritual realities outside the walls of the church. So he's in these clubs, listen, and people start telling him dreams. Listen to this. Why do you want to do that? Because, listen, when they realize that God is the one giving them their dreams, come on, somebody, and he's interpreting what God is speaking to them, it brings the reality of God into their life. And we've said this two or three times in here, and it's worth saying again, but John Paul said when, when the reality of God becomes real, transformation is assured in someone's life. You don't have to take them to Bible study. You ain't got to take them to full revival meetings. But when somebody believes God is real and God is really thinking about them, when that reality becomes a truth into their life, transformation is assured. And listen, we, we, we need to go into words of knowledge, but God wants us to use us to speak to people. Let me show you how easy getting a word of knowledge about someone is. The Bible says that his thoughts towards us, according to Psalms 139, we are wonderfully and fearfully made, and his thoughts towards us are good, and they're more than the sand is upon the shore. How many knows there's a lot of sand on the shore? So getting a word of knowledge about someone's life is simply asking God for one kernel or one grain of sand what he's thinking about them. And it just reveals to people, hey, man, God knows right where I'm living at. All right, you with me? So God's pouring out his spirit. This is happening all over the world. It's happening to Muslims by the, by the literal thousands. Muslims are having dreams about Jesus, but they don't know who Jesus is. So God's instructing these evangelists to go stand at the entrance to the temple. And when they go to the entrance to the temple, they ask the evangelists, Who's the man that I'm dreaming about in my dreams? That's Jesus. 
Man, people don't even believe this. That's all right. About four people do. We going with four. Four is the creativity of God. World impact. Hear me? Jesus impacted the world with 12. All 12 didn't see everything. Come on. Peter, James, and John was the one that saw Jairus' daughter get healed. They saw the Mount of Transfiguration, so it only takes a few. All right, so notice this, the, the pronoun, your sons and daughters, your young men, your old men, God is speaking to the world, to the non-religious people. How many believes that God's speaking to the non-religious people? Let's establish this. The church is afraid of their sin, but God is not. The church is holding their stuff against them, but God is not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, oh, Lord. I said God is not holding their sin against them. God's not worried about what kind of stuff they got hidden in their lives. He's just trying to, he's just trying to, he's just trying to mingle with them. He's just trying to let them know that he cares. He also said, even on my servants, Christians, I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. My bond servants will have the interpretation. This indicates that a day is coming where everyone everywhere will suddenly be drawn to prophecy, dreams, and visions. How many believe that people are hungry for the spiritual world? If you Google the top 10 books, that's why Harry Potter was such a success because he, Harry Potter showed the world of the supernatural. God never intended Hollywood to lead in the supernatural. He intended his church to lead in the supernatural. But because the church won't rise to the occasion, God will use the world, hello, to prophesy. And Hollywood's been prophesying to us through movies, such as Secretary and all these. We'll get into these different ones. The, the, how many's ever seen the movie The Incredibles? There's five, there's five people in this family. That's the fivefold. Come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. People are like, this man's crazy. He's crazy. <laughs> all right. This indicates a day coming when everyone everywhere will suddenly be drawn to prophecy, dreams, and visions. And let me tell you about the supernatural. I worked for a phone company for almost 20 years. In the state of Georgia, there was a bunch of independent phone companies that went together because we got tired of MCI, Sprint, and all these other big carriers. Back, but This is before cell phones came out big. Cell phones wrecked a lot of stuff. You, you with me? And God help Verizon. Let them get saved. I mean, Jesus, how they killing us, man. Lord of mercy. <laughs> um, all right. So what they, what they come up with this idea, hey, man, let's quit paying them. Let's, let's take and bite the bullet. There was grants given from the government, and they built their own network of underground fiber ring to provide their own long distance. At our company, if you had us, our company is your long distance carrier, you could not dial a 1-900 number. We had to dedicate a CSR to handle the calls that were coming to that to her of why people could not dial a one nine hundred number, and they wasn't trying to call people that was breathing heavy on the other end of the line. See law, they were trying to get hold of a psychic. This is how desperate people are for the supernatural. Now, I'm 40 years old. When I was a little boy growing up watching TV, I didn't see any psychics on TV. But in the early 90s, you started seeing Sister Chloe. Come on, y'all. 
<laughs> I always wanted to go on the more, the, what is it, more approach or whatever, when he had Sister Chloe and say, won't you read my future? The devil don't know the future. Come on, somebody. Hello. That's people, play. man, I ain't got time to dissect all that. But listen here. People are desperate to hear. Why, why, did, why did you see that happening? Why did you see it happening in the early 90s? Listen, the devil is not a creator. Church talking about devil music. There ain't no devil music. There might be some devil lyrics, but there ain't no devil music. Because you can't give him an attribute that belongs to God. God is the creator. God is, God, God is the creator. So what happened is in the 80s, God began to restore back to the church the office of the prophet. I live in the south, and most people believe that Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Obadiah, Nahum, all of these are prophets. But you can't, you can't take out what you want to believe out of the Bible and dissect it to go what your denominational line is. Oh, Lord, we out here some, we, we getting out here now. Are you with me? So according to Ephesians 4, verse 11, that God gave us apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the perfecting of the saints, and equipping of the saints, till we all come to the knowledge, the full knowledge of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And according to the book of Ephesians, Paul gives this mystery, this glorious mystery of the bride of Christ. And what he says is that God's building a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish that will be in equal proportion to the head, which is Jesus. The reason why we've not seen the signs and wonders that we're seeing in Africa, the reason why we've not seen the signs and wonders that they're seeing in China, come on somebody, the reason why we've not, because we have an infant body trying to hold the head of a mature Jesus. But the body is coming up. Listen to me. Did you hear what I said? The body is growing up. It's growing up. That's why we, all right, let me get off of that. All right. In other words, in the last day, people are going to be drawn to the spirituality. We are in those days now. All right. We have established so far, God speaks in and through dreams. It is biblical if we allow it, it, it is biblical if we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us to the understanding of the dream. Everyone is called to dream and interpret what God is saying to him or her. All right. Most important factor in dream interpretation is being able to think metaphorically and develop symbolic seeing. It takes time to practice and understand how symbols may change from dream to dream. A metaphor is a figure of speech where one thing is expressed in terms of another. A key to accurate dream interpretation is understanding that symbols can change from one dream to another, so you must be careful to understand the context in which it is being presented. Examples of symbolic thinking are, are, are through, through nature. Birds fly, representing the ability to achieve high levels. Butterflies go through a transformational process, which is a symbolic of going through a difficult time and emerging as something beautiful. Some fish can be symbolic as the ability to being spiritually attuned, but sharks can represent people who viciously attack others in verbally and emotionally. Be aware of sharks, alligators, and snakes in your dream. Tell you what they mean. It means you're with some crazy church people. Oh. We'll go over that. Had a dream last night. Someone sent it to me this morning. This is their dream. This is their dream. They dreamed they were sitting in a chair. 
They were seated in a chair. They was observing some things going on in the room. Damon Thompson was to the left in a ball cap, and he was talking. The other gentleman in the room invited the person who had the dream outside. As they went outside, they started fishing. There was an inlet there, and he went, and he was fishing, but he went down into the water, underwater. When he come back out of the water, he went back in. When he went back in, there was a young man who was in this church that was inside, and he needed help tying on a fishing lure. And he was helping him tie and select the lure and, and, and helping him with the thing. Well, I told him what I believe was, as you ate some pizza, man. How many believes God speaking to him in that dream? Let's think about symbolically here. Chair is a position, and it also means rest. Anytime you see water showing up in your dream, it's the Holy Spirit. Fishing. I went fishing. I will make you fishers of men. This speaks to calling. You with me? Are y'all okay? Okay. I need to, we need, we need to, instead of having the camera on me, we need to set it up and have it on them. And then you see why we struggle so bad. I mean, Jesus. All right. <laughs> so he, and then he comes back inside, the young man. He's desiring to fish, but he needs help selecting a lure, tying a lure on his line. This is simply what God is saying. Through your position of rest, God is, God is revealing your calling and your purpose. He's taking you into deeper water of his presence. And when you return from that deeper water of presence, God is going to use you to train and equip young men in their purpose and their destiny. It's a good dream. So you got to quit waking up and saying, my God, I had some bad pizza. How many has had dreams that your teeth fell out? I mean, we're the only one. Have dreams that your teeth falling out. Raise your hand if you have a dream like that. That's a common dream. That means you need to go see Dr. Mac. <laughs> All right, let's look at this. You with me? All right. All right. Rats and mice are drawn to garbage, and that can indicate the process of something negative that needs to be cleaned up. Roaches scatter at the light could mean something that is unclean, could have truth come and run it off. Horses have power where donkeys are stubborn. Dogs are man's best friend, while cats tend to be independent. Have you ever gone to a movie and it causes you to think on a spiritual level? Practicing thinking metaphorically through songs and movies. The Incredibles movie. When they did not use their gift, crime and evil increased. Look at this. Five family members could represent fivefold ministry. Apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher. Ability to possess super strength. Flexibility, moving quickly. Embracing the gifts from our generational calling. The family friend Buddy wanted to be mentored, but the father had no time. So Buddy built a counterfeit power. You see how this is? Spider-Man, when Peter stopped using his supernatural power, he lost his vision and evil increased. In Spider-Man 3, he got, back, he, he got black stuff on him, anger and bitterness. He had to go to the church to get it off. 
Secretariat celebrates faith, courage, and love. Horse represents the power of God. The horse had an oversized or enlarged heart, which gives him strength and endurance. The horse and woman, uh, the horse and the woman owner, Chinnery, steps into a male-dominated world and fights all odds, wins a triple crown. Three is the number of God. God wins no matter what the odds are. As the horse is coming to the finish line, the scripture in Job 39, 21 through 25 is read. In frenzied excitement, he eats up the ground. He paws fiercely, rejoicing in the strength, and charges into the fray, afraid of nothing when the trumpet sounds. Symbols and context. Let's go over this right quick. We're traveling fast. We've got about 20 minutes. The context of the symbol in the dream is what most important is what is what is most important because it tells us what it applies to and how. Context help us understand if the dream is positive or negative and can give us a lot of clues as to what area of our life it applies to. Context can tell us if it's about ourselves or someone else, if it's about our personal life or work life. Examples of symbol and context. Playing chess can represent strategic moves in your life, but playing chess in the dark indicates that you are lacking the ability to see your next move. Brakes going out on your car and suddenly your car flying away means that it is a difficult time, but you will need to rise above. Evil men or thugs trying to beat you up indicates that there is spiritual warfare coming against you. If you suddenly make an amazing self-defense move and take out a whole crowd of them, then you are overcoming this attack. That's a good dream, man. Going Steven Seagal on somebody. Listen to this. Trying to call, but a cell phone keeps going dead means trouble in communication or you are missing a prophetic call on your life. Ordering food, but no one can understand you. Man, I'm a, sometimes you need for your spiritual nutrition and growth, but there's disconnect. Unable to see clearly, cloudy vision, or could mean you're, you're foggy about something and lack clarity. Guns being pointed at you by police. Authority could be positive or negative. Going in a bright white closet, God is calling you into prayer. Driving in the rain, then it clears up. Spiritual aspects becoming clear. Running in slow motion, something slowing you down. Car going in reverse, going backwards or the wrong way. Fishing. Look at this. Ministry calling. Fishers of men. Faceless person represents an angel. Symbols in a dream can change based on what they do. It is more like how the symbols function and what the end result is. Trees in a dream are great examples of looking at the context of the dream. He, Jesus, took the blind man by the hand, led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Trees can represent people and leaders based on context. Other trees in the Bible, tree of life, tree of knowledge of good and evil, tree planted by the water, fig tree. We must look at the context of each of these to find out how they fix it. Symbols are only meant as a guideline for training purposes and should not be used as a sole method of interpreting dreams. Every biblical dream interpreter you want to look at, whether it's Doug Addison, whether it's her, Kelly, the one that taught this class, look, get the focus of the dream before you ever go to the symbols and try to do that. 
Don't try to figure out like, I had this dream and, you know, I'm trying to fit it in this part of my life. Just pray about it. The Lord, I've had dreams that it, it's taken me sometimes, I hate to say this, uh, but I mean, I've had, a, I had one dream that I've had dreams to play out like movies, and Catherine can tell you this, uh, that, I mean, that's lengthy, like a steady movie playing. And, um, and so um, it's taken me a while to interpret it. I've also had a dream that I saw. I remember one night I had a dream that I saw an angel. And I stood up, I sat up in the bed, and I told Catherine, I said, there's an angel in the room. When I said that, he left. <clears throat> and then I sat there, and I was like, why did he leave? You know what I'm saying? I was trying to tell this angel some stuff that, like, from the Lord. And he left. And I felt like the Lord told me in the dream, be quiet, and he'll come back. So I, I was quiet. And he came back into the room. And when he did, the angel slung out of his hand, looked like a ninja star. When it did, it opened up. It, it, when it looked like a ninja star going through the air. But when he hit my bedside table, it was a computer screen. And when it opened, there was Hebrew writing coming across the computer screen. I had that dream recorded down. I went and simply pinned the dream down, Googled what I saw of the Hebrew, because I'm no Hebrew scholar. You know what I'm saying? And, and Google what it said and, and wrote the words out. And it was, it was like, and it, what it literally meant was the pounding of the horses on the ground are coming to shake the ground. How many knows God wants to speak to us? I mean, people looking like, Lord, our teeth falling out. Let's get right here. We got, we got about 15 minutes. Teeth falling out indicates that you need to go see Dr. Mack. Are you with me? It indicates an ability to process or discerning something. We chew with we we chew with our food. We chew our food with our teeth. It's a typo on her part, not mine. With me? We chew food with our teeth. Chewing metaphorically describes the process of breaking something down into smaller parts so it can be digested, understood. We say, I need to chew on that for a while, which means we need to think about something before we make a decision. Your incisor teeth come loose or fall out. These are also known as eye teeth or symbolic, or symbolically eye teeth. This indicates you are lacking spiritual vision. Front teeth fall out means you are too busy of biting off more than you can chew. Falling, this means some part of the dreamer's life is out of control. Lack of control is causing anxiousness. The seriousness of the fall often denotes the seriousness of the issue being addressed by the dream. Naked in public. How many ever had that dream? Huh? <laughs> Usually indicates issues of openness and transparency and an ability to keep it real. I've had dreams I was preaching naked. That is, that's a fun dream. Bathrooms usually indicates that God is cleansing an area of the dreamer's life by removing things that are negatively affecting the dreamer or the person in the dream. Dreams that take place in bathrooms usually concern issues of healing, emotional pain, and cleansing, removing of spiritual toxins. Typically, a toilet represents things inside of you that need to come out. This metaphorically represents disposing of emotional waste that can hinder our spiritual walk. Taking a test usually indicates the dreamer is being tested for the purpose of promotion. 
if the dream takes place back in school, it could be that the dreamer is being taught something again. Almost all back in school dreams indicate you are being retrained. Being chased. How many have dreams where you're being chased? These are common dreams right here. Often means the enemy is trying to generate or empower fear in the dreamer's life. To be chased in a dream means there's something in your life, either known or unknown, that you feel is too big or dangerous to confront. And your only course of action is to run away from it. When looking at, the, at, at a chase dream, ask questions. What am I really afraid of? Being chased is also in the category. We, we ain't got time to get into these tonight, but we'll try to get into the categories of dreams and show you things like that, the categories in which they fall in. But being chased in your dream a lot of times are calling dreams because a lot of people are afraid to step out on the call that God has for them. You with me? Some things that fear is not a monster chasing you down. That's the call on your life that you won't willingly obey. Had someone that come up to me and had a dream, and in the dream, their car was broke down. In their, in their dream, their car was broke down. And in the dream, I appeared, and I had a big tow truck, and I went and hooked to their car, and, and I had a, a tow truck. And I towed the vehicle, but on the side of my tow truck, where like you would put the name of your business or the number, was the number 13. But it was flashing like, like a dazzling color, the number 13. What is that? Your car is your, your vehicles are your vocation or your calling. You with me? What does the number 13 represent? Rebellion. What God's showing that person in the dream, there is a calling that you are neglecting on your life. Thus, the call on my life, the pastor shows up and hooks to your call, trying to tell you to obey the call on your life. Come on, y'all. I'm just, people, I figure people get a little excited. That's all right, though. Listen to this. Uh, snakes typically mean the dreamer's being confronted or harassed by lies. Snakes have long tails. <clears throat> so if you see a snake after you in the dream, a lot of time is slander and gossip. If you see an alligator, alligators have what? Big mouths and long tails. That is slander and gossip coming at you. You need to pray. All right. Um, so uh, being harassed by lies, accusations, or distortion. Why lies? In the Garden of Eden, Satan appeared to Adam and Eve as a serpent, which the Bible describes as the craftiest of all animals in creation. In appearance, a snake looks like a long tail. Uh, think, of it, think of it as wordplay alone. Uh, a, a wordplay, a long tail. Could be a long tail and a fabricated story. What size, what, what size snake was it? Big or small? What color was it? Where was it? Did it bite you? All the details play a role in the interpretation. Spiders can represent a situation or relationship that, that may trap or spiritually poison. Spiders in a dream can also indicate the presence of witchcraft or the occult. This could be a, a, an outside source, but it could be there by invitation as well. The Bible says the sin of rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Rebellion toward God's appointed authorities and negative words spoken against others. Words have been spoken over ourselves that can also cause us to become tangled in the enemy's web. Plans of fall prey to his venom. Ask yourself the same question that you do 
in a snake dream. Alligators. Alligators usually means that someone with authority has launched a verbal attack or spread gossip about the dreamer or someone participating in the dream. Alligators or alligator or crocodile possesses the element of gossip in their natural features. A powerful tail, a dangerous mouth. An alligator attacks by grabbing its victims with its mouth. Once an alligator has a victim, it spins violently, twists the truth, and pulls the victim underwater to drown. This is precisely how gossip and slander work. They drag their victims through lies and carelessness. I'm going to share this. I had three nights, Saturday night, Monday night. No, Sunday's in there too, ain't it, Matt? Thank you right there. Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night. I have three. I have a dream on Saturday night, a dream on Sunday night, and a dream on Monday night. Tuesday night, I didn't dream. I dream uh, almost every night. And so I have this dream. In this dream, I'm preaching in a large auditorium. If you come to church here, you'll know Clay and Kathy. Clay was in my dream. Clay was standing to the right of the stage. Go to the back of your book right here. Let me find with this. Right. Some dreams have a right arm or left arm. He's on the right side. Right is what you have faith to do. Left is what you're destined to do. Clay's standing to the right of me. I'm preaching in this and I give an altar call. There is a man in the dream that is that is in the that is in the congregation that is sweated profusely. I mean, he is like sweat through his clothes. It's just running off his face like you got a water bottle on him, and it's just just running off of him. And so in the dream, I give the altar call and I stand up to, to welcome this man. And he comes, and almost as we embrace, he makes a hard left turn. Hard left turn. When he makes a hard left turn, the dream shifts and changes, and I'm swimming in a river. Man, come on. I'm swimming. Well, in the dream, Clay is in a boat behind me, and I'm sharing him this dream. He said, was I paddling? I said, no, you wasn't paddling. I said, but you would follow. He said, man, that really bothered me that I ain't helping you paddle. <laughs> so in the dream, he wasn't paddling. And he was just, in, in, in my dream, in the, in the church, he had his arms folded just like this. Well, he was sitting in a John boat with his arms folded just like that. He was following. He was going down this river. And I mean, I'm swimming in my dream like Michael Phelps. I mean, I'm doing it, you know, freestyling. You know what I'm saying? Just, I mean, just doing it. Just enjoying swimming in the river. And I looked to my right, and there was a nice, like, stainless steel or, or aluminum dock coming down the bank. Then I passed another dock. I come to the third dock. What's three? The number of God. And I go to position the John boat next to the dock. As I go to grab the John boat and begin to twist it, an alligator appears up out of the water, the back. I'm talking about, like, one of them that's, hides at Reed Bingham like a 12-footer or something. I'm a grown one. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, alligator. Well, I commenced to go grab this alligator. I'm going to fight him for a second. And he, I, in the dream, this is all happening in a dream, but I feel it in my body. I mean, I can literally feel this happening. 
and I, I feel the alligator go around my legs and all of this. And so I look up, and Clay is just right there, not even helping me, man. You know what I'm saying? And so I, go, I, I make this decision, am I going to fight this alligator? And then I, I just said, you know what, I'm not going to fight him. And I reached both hands up out of the water, and I said, my God, put me in the boat. And I wake up. So when I was, when I was in this class, I, I was concerned about this dream. I, I had some of this dream figured out. But there was a couple of things that I did not have figured out. And one of the things I didn't have figured, figured out, well, listen, swimming in the river, this is the Holy Spirit, okay? God showed me something in his dream. She said, the reason why you saw that gentleman in that congregation and the reason why you stood to give the altar call and you opened your arms, God is telling you the same call that's on his life is on your life. He wants you to receive it. But he don't want you to be labored down. Listen to this. That's why he's sweating profusely, striving, just trying to make it happen. God's telling you that's not the direction I want. I want you swimming in the river. Now, I know this because I've studied this subject enough. A John boat represents intimacy with God. I'm swimming in the river, and God's telling me, how are you going to defeat that slander that rises up against you as coming an intimate place with me? Get in the boat. Don't try to fight it. Put me in the boat. Y'all, this is cool, man. All right. Let's just, um, let me find the house. Listen to this, your house. Let's go over this. Most of your dreams is going to recur. How many ever had dreams you're in, you're, you're in, you know that you're in a house, whether you know it's your house or somebody else's house, but you're just in a house. The reason why you have dreams about in a house, guess what? Your house represents your life. You're in different rooms of your life, and God's speaking to you about them. Now, if you go, if you go back to your childhood home, this is probably, I don't know if this is in her notes. No, this ain't going to be in her notes. If you go back to your childhood home, there's, no more, there's a couple things happening there. Either, either you, you, are, you are going to deal with something um, of a past wound, you follow what I'm saying, from childhood, or you're going back to pick up a calling, a generational calling that was left, left for you. You with me? I have this dream. In this dream, I go back to my, my dad's house. And in my dad's house, he's standing in the backyard. If you have a dream and you're in the backyard, guess what? You're going in the past, back in time. And in this dream, he's working on a truck. I see a red Toyota truck that is disengaged, it's on ramps. I ask my dad, what's wrong with the vehicle? He's, he's trying to figure it out. And he looks at me and he said, I think it's just flooded. It's just flooded. You remember if you, you got to go back in time now a little bit when we had carburetors where you had to pat the gas. Women, millennials don't know nothing about that, you know what I'm saying? But you used to have to pat the gas on some cars, you know what I'm saying? And if you sat there and hit it too many times, you what? Flood the carburetor. My dad said, I think it's just flooded. So I was talking to this lady right here who was teaching this class. I said, why did I have this dream? She said, God, she said, first of all, you went back to your father's house because God's trying to get, listen, I'm going back to pick up something my father left in the past. But God's trying to show you before, because the dream shifts and the dream gets really great in some other areas. But God's trying to tell you before you get into those areas, you're going to have to deal with something. What's disengaged that truck, that truck is red. Red is, the, red is on the negative side, the color of anger. 
there's some anger from the past that God is telling you to deal with. God's, I'm telling you, God speaks to us through our dreams. You, if, you, if we would only just sit there and take, you can take the notes that I've given you tonight and you can just, listen to this, because we've got to get out of here. You can take these notes that I give you tonight. You can, and on any dream that you got, listen here, do, do it like this. Get you a piece of paper. Get you a piece of paper. Draw you a circle. Draw you three to four lines off the circle. Three to four lines off the circle, okay? Go through the common dreams. Look at this. There's plenty of stuff in there. Then if you look at the back, if you look at the back of this, this, uh, this manual that I, I've given you tonight, you can go into the back. There's colors. There's the redeemed and the unredeemed. All of this come through years years of study. John Paul did not. How did it, so people might ask, well, how did he get these? John Paul spent years of his life studying the rubies, the, the, the stones and stuff that was on the priest's garment, and that's where he got a lot of these colors and stuff. This is years of this man's life and study that you've been handed in your hands tonight. So I'm just telling you, I believe if we'll be faithful with tonight's class, you'll be faithful with the work that you've been handed into you, that God will give you a significant dream before we come to this place on Sunday. I'm telling you. She prayed over us that night, and I had the dream of 444. I believe God was trying to tell me about, God was trying to tell me about the creativity of heaven, but I also, I didn't find out until yesterday that the number four also means world Im impact. You with me? So I believe if you do that, and I'm going to pray because I am a dreamer. I am a dreamer. I dream almost every night. Catherine's a dreamer. Catherine has long dreams. I mean, she needs, we need to really be able to call Doug Addison and talk to her about him about her dreams. She has long dreams. And, and so, but anyhow, you could take the numbers. The numbers are also in here. Um, um, and so three being the Trinity, the number of God, four, creativity, five, grace, six is man's efforts. Uh, Seven is completion or perfection. Eight is new beginnings. Nine, the fruit of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, judgment. Eleven is transition or shift. Leaders. Twelve, government. Where do you get this from? Remember when Elijah called fire down from heaven? He didn't set up 11 stones. He set up 12. How many tribes of Israel? 12. How many apostles? 12. You with me? 12 is leadership and government. 13 is rebellion, 14 is established, 16 is established grace, 18 provision, judgment, 21 is jackpot, Vegas, come on somebody, 22 is leadership and government. How do you get 22 is leadership and government? Isaiah 22, 22, I will give you the key of David. Come on y'all, Bible thumpers, Wednesday night, I will give you the key of David and the doors and the doors that no man could open, I will open. And the doors that no man could shut, I will shut. So you could take this. All right, go back. This is what I was telling you. So you're going to take your dream. You're going to take your dream. One guy said he dreamed this. He said he dreamed that he, he had a dream that, that night that he ate a 10-pound marshmallow. And he woke up the next morning and could not find the pillow. I bless you with that kind of dream. <laughs> you with me? So listen. <laughs> Come on. Right here. So you're going to take your dream. You're going, to, you're going to write a circle on your paper. You're going to draw the circle. In the middle of your circle, you're going to say, focus. Remember this. 50%, 50% of interpreting your dream is to get what? To whom and what is this dream about? 
Do not try to figure out the application. Is God telling me to put new tires on the truck? Do not do that. You're going to get all messed up. And if you have a dream that is very lengthy, don't get bogged down in the details. Pick you three to four main things that you see in the dream. I knew we couldn't do this, man. Listen to this. Pay attention to things that occur twice in the dream. If God is highlighting two things, like you have a dream that you have a beach ball that inflates in your hand, but then you go to your car, and your car's got a flat tire. What is the God highlighting in that? He's not highlighting nothing about a beach. He's highlighting about the flatness. It's out of air. You with me? Pay attention to what occurs twice in the dream. All right. Take, take the, the circle, the focus. Okay. I had a dream last night that whatever, and in the dream I was doing this, and in the dream I saw this. If that's your dream, guess who the dream is about? You. What did I tell you? 90% of your dreams is about who? You with me? I had this guy. I'm just trying to tell you about a heart. I had this guy that was in our church. Lord, I don't know why I'm sharing this. This is out on the world wide web, too. We bless you and we love you. But listen, to this. I had a dream. Matt knows who this guy was. He, he was ill. He was done aggravated. He got offended. And he had this dream. And in this dream, he saw a snake in the room. And the lion come out and eat the snake. Devoured the snake. And I said, nah. He was, he was sharing this dream with me. And I could feel the venom coming off of him. I said, I just want to know something. I said, was I the snake in the dream that the lion devoured? He said, well, I'm not saying that. Well, rocked on about five years later. The Lord blessed my socks off, man. I wasn't doing nothing but blowing and growing. You know what I'm saying? I said, I can tell you one thing. I was not the snake in that dream because the lion didn't eat me. The lion came to bless me. <laughs> you with me? So listen, when you, if you get a dream, if you get a dream, a lot of times people have dreams and they think it's about their neighbor or they think it's about somebody in the church. A lot of times God's speaking to us, okay? Find out the focus of the dream. All right, it's me. It is me, Lord. This is who you're talking to. Then get your three main points. Get your three points. Then you got the interpretation. You with me? Now, what do we have to do? You need to get a journal. You need to get a journal by your bed or your phone or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Get, get something that you have by your bed, or if you don't use your phone, notes on your phone, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I used to, I, I, Catherine got me an iPad uh, several years ago, and I told her, I said, I would never preach that iPad. I mean, that's, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. If I preach, we walk with the Bible to the podium. After I started using the iPad, I said, man, this is, this is, about, this is the best thing since sliced bread right here now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> whatever you're going to use, listen, pin your dreams down. Start creating a journal, pinning your dreams down. If you want more from God, you got to learn how to steward what you get. If you don't steward your dreams, don't expect to have no awesome dreams. How many's ever heard of Dutch Sheets? I mean, man, we were in a meeting with him a couple of weeks ago in Brunswick, and I—I I mean, I felt like I—I I mean, I thought I was a dreamer until I heard his dreams. I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe the dreams that these men are having. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing. Learn how to steward what God gives you. Take the time to pin your dreams down. Go work at it. If you don't get it, 
But if you don't get it before you go to work, don't freak out. Just pray about it. Just pray about it. And say, Lord, I pray. Holy Spirit, help me with what you're trying to speak to me. I say that all the time. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you right now because I don't understand what you're trying to say to me. I don't understand about why a plane is falling out of the sky. But I'm asking you to help me with it. I know the numbers are important or I wouldn't have knew the flight number in my dream. You with me? We 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 gonna have to we gonna have to hold that, huh? Yeah, if you have reoccurring nightmares, let me say this too: kids that have reoccurring nightmares. Let me tell you the reason why that the nightmares are hitting kids is let me tell you something. A lot of times there's a prophetic call on their life, and the enemy is trying to put fear in them to, in the to trying to invade their dream world and, and to use fear to scare them off from the prophetic and stuff like that. So. Um, if, if, let me just say this, if God shows you a terror, a terror of the night, you can always flip those into positive through intercession and prayer. You with me? You just, you just flip it. Flip the dream into a positive in, in intercession. If God, if God was to show me a terrorist attack coming to this city, I would not put it out on a CD and prophesy. Let me tell you something. I believe within three months, a terrorist attack is fixing to hit this city. Number one, what I would do is call every, every intercessor that I had any ounce of faith in, and I would say, let me tell you what I had a dream about. And I think we need to cover this place and cover it. In, we, need, we just need to target this in the area of prayer. You with me? So let's pray. Raise your hands. Just stay seated in your seat. You ain't got to jump up and get nothing. God give it to us by his grace. Father, we thank you tonight as we've dived in just a little bit. We scratched the surface of dreams and visions. Father, we have the promise of your word that in the last days you're pouring your spirit out upon all flesh. And so, Lord, tonight I'm asking you to bless this congregation with dreams. Father, we release dreams over every person under the sound of my voice tonight. Father, we welcome you, Holy Spirit, into our dream life, into our sleep life, and we pray, Father, that you would begin to download parables of the night into our heart. And we thank you for it right now in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you for dreams tonight, tomorrow night, Friday night, Saturday night. Lord, those that have their dreams that don't understand, why, why, do I keep, why do I keep having this? I don't understand this. I pray, Holy Spirit, tonight as they take this material and they go home and they begin to pin out these dreams and they begin to think about their dreams, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you give them the interpretation of their dreams. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. God bless you all. Your children over there next door need to be picked up, and we will see you here Sunday morning. We hope you enjoyed our message of the week. Thanks for joining us. Our passion at Cornerstone is our family atmosphere built on deep relationships. We want to connect with you. Please take a moment and download our app and connect with us on social media to stay updated with all things Cornerstone. We pray you have a wonderful week.